Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. How's it going, everybody? You are listening to the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. We originally air as a radio show on Radio for Brooklyn, so... If you like the show and you want to hear the freshest eps the day they come out, that is every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. You're about to hear the episode where I interview American triple threat actor, singer, dancer Ginger Rogers, played by comedian Megan Gray, and the first grand inquisitor of the Spanish Inquisition, violent monster Torquemada. It was a great episode. Don't forget to go out and buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is me making fun of Kellyanne Conway and Donald Trump for like 120 pages. It is super funny and available everywhere now. Also, uh, you know, leave a review of this podcast. Go to jarrettbaronson.com for more information on my uh, live show dates and upcoming projects. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Torquemada and Ginger Rogers only on Famous Dead People. It's time. Time to start the show. Famous dead people. People you know. Famous dead people. Stories stuck in the head. My guests today on Famous Dead People are 15th century Dominican friar and first Grand Inquisitor of the Spanish Inquisition, Tomas de Torquemada. Hello. And early 20th century American triple threat actor, singer, dancer, Ginger Rogers. Hello. Uh, Ms. Rogers, Mr. Torquemada, welcome to Famous Dead People. Thank you so much for joining us today. So good to be here. It's my pleasure. Um, so I'd like to start off with uh, Ginger Rogers sure. uh, for a moment. So you had a long and fruitful oh, career thank in, you. in film and theater. Well, that's not a compliment. It's well, just, thank you it's anyway. <laughs> yeah, but I, I love to hear it. Um, so, But you obviously are most well known for the work that you do with Fred Astaire. The, oh, Freddie, yeah. The Fred and Ginger movie musicals. You, you call them Freddie? It seems like oh, oh, I call him Freddie. It's oh, like a weird Freddy, nickname for Freddie Astaire. Astaire. See, no, that's what I called him. Well, he's one of those people that I imagine being like, you don't ever associate them without their last name also, because I would never call him Fred. Like, well, you didn't I know, know him, him like I did. Yeah, he was well, a casual, like everyone knows him as a, a tuxedo dancing mm-hmm. gentleman. I know him as just a, a, a sweat hog. A sweat hug? Uh, oh, yeah. He would just get into some sweats. And no one knew how to weekend like Fred Astaire. Oh, so you're saying he would he would dress casually around you Uh-huh, and he's sweats. sweaty. He was so sweaty. <laughs> that's what I heard. That's why, yes, that's why he wore those tuxedos. I don't, know, I don't know how I missed this rumor that Fred Astaire was a really sweaty person. Oh, my God. It's true. I mean, I would know. I've danced with him for so long. Mm-hmm. So many movies. Yeah, and Freddie. You call him Freddie. Freddie. It just doesn't I said, seem hey, like, Freddie. doesn't seem like a Freddie to me. He oh. just seems like Fred Astaire. Like, I would never not say Fred Astaire. Oh, no. Well, you know, just try it. Just just watch <laughs> one of our movies and then just try saying, oh, Freddie. And I'll be like, look at old Freddie over oh, there. Freddie. Look at him go. All oh, right, that's yeah, fair. It's true. So I'm wondering, like, so this is the thing that you're most well known for, these mm-hmm. Fred and Ginger movie musicals. When you look back at your career... Are you most part of those films or do you wish people would focus on something else like a specific movie or your stage work or anything like that? I think I most fit. Well, what I am most proud of are my moments off the screen. I was a real party girl. I was Hmm. I put the party in party. Yeah, (laughs) it wasn't even considered such a word before I started. Interesting. Because, I mean, I read that you were religious and that you, you were Republican that, I assume that that meant that you were a little bit more buttoned down, but that was later on. That uh, was uh, that, that was, was learned I, behavior. atoning for my sins. Am I right, <laughs> Dominican friar? Well, we can get into that. A little <laughs> right, bit. I know. Yes, I I knew that I had gotten into a lot of trouble when I was in my younger days. Oh. A lot of partying, a lot of um, you know, flipping the switch on the rules. Interesting. Yeah, and, and that's the thing you're most proud of is oh gosh, sticking it to the establishment by having sticking fun it, and living your life. Exactly. Wow. No, no one knew how to. Let let it go more than Ginger Rogers back then. Young, really young Ginger Rogers. Saying that, <laughs> I I I knew how to do it all. Well, can I ask you what it was like? So, like you uh, rose to notoriety in the 1930s. Mm-hmm. So then, what does partying look like back then? What does it look like for a Ginger Rogers to be letting her hair loose? Like like these uh, celebrities today, Torquemada. Yes. You know, I'm sure you're with me on this. Like. These these celebrities I'm sure are. I am. They're doing crack and they're they're uh-huh. you know doing 
doing uh, crazy drugs and they're I'm having sex out in yes. public and it's just mm-hmm. it's just terrible what these with these what these young celebrities are doing Definitely. but oh. obviously it wasn't that no n- not so then. much but we yeah. we had our share of wild times i did the lindy on top of the h of the hollywood sign you, oh i did you did the lindy i did the lindy on right the on, h on the h of the wow. hollywood sign and then i i climbed on down and then i filled up my limousine full of champagne you filled it up i filled a limousine full of champagne uh, i just want to clarify so we're not talking about putting a lot of bottles in you're talking about opening, uh, opening the bottles up oh we we cracked Pour- Cracked it all open, mm-hmm. and then and then I, I sent it. I sent it to the head of MGM, <laughs> and I said, "Good luck. There you go." That Have is, fun with that. That's yeah. That's quite a party. I, I can imagine people were scandalized back then. Scandalized. Yeah. What oh. is going on? The, a car the work- full of. Champagne. <laughs> the work that your public publicist must have done to keep that out of the oh, papers. It was, oh, I had him working twenty eight seven. Oh my, that's more hours than there are on the day. Yeah. I've also heard uh, of your fame for your your cryptic inscriptions, right? Cryptic inscriptions. Well, well, yes. For example, that that's a well, perfect example from Hollywood lore, where he received the. Uh, the limousine full of champagne with a card that simply said, good luck. Yeah, yeah. what does that even good, mean? Good Didn't luck. even sign your name. I like, know. I mean, I think people by that time assumed it was from you, but. Yeah. Oh, yes. We I completely did, I skipped over that. Secret. Yeah, it but was. But yeah, what does that even mean? Keep them guessing. <laughs> yes, keep them guessing. That's another old Ginger Rogers saying. <laughs> keep them guessing. Did you coin that? I did. My Trademark. Word. But oh, uh, wow. but anyone can use it. Really. That's a real yeah. I'll that's, allow anyone. Uh, that's that you know uh, answers my question perfectly. Um, I'd like to move over to uh, Torquemada here for just a moment. So you were we know you as the first Grand Inquisitor of the Spanish Inquisition. Hmm. Uh, so you were in charge of and correct me if I'm wrong here, testing people's faith to see if they were true believers because at the time there were these uh, Jews and Muslims in Spain who were converting to Catholicism. Just so they could stay in Spain because, like, you guys were kicking kicking them out of the country, and so your your job to find the heretics and the fakers is that right? That's in fact that's almost verbatim the job description that I had <laughs> wow. on the letter that the Pope sent as a charter to me. Interesting. Yes, okay. so there were a few ums and ands that you peppered in there, but for the most part, that was that was the whole thing, yes. Okay. That, that was a job description? Like, they put that, like, on, like, monster.com or something? Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, that didn't We, I, we didn't have the internet, but but there was a dove that flew into my window and <laughs> dropped off a scroll, and I said, hmm, I thought that might be a good fit for me. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, these, so I applied. And, so these birds would just fly into your place with well, job offers, and you would, like, go through them and see which ones you wanted to apply for. Sure, you know, the savvy job seeker <laughs> always had a, a loaf of stale bread about. Oh. And you would just keep your windowsill constant. Because you never know, sometimes you'd get somebody else's bird. Ooh. And maybe you'd get a... your foot in the door. That's right, they wouldn't even know they missed it. That was a job yes. that you and wanted. And they show up oh, at the gosh. cathedral and see you wearing the hat they had been covering. Like, what, what the? And you're, ha, 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 yeah. there you go, buddy. Yeah, feed, feed the bird for the job you want, right? <laughs> not, not the job you have. Yes. Right. So they, the the early loaf gets the bird. Early oh, loaf gets the gets the job. That's yeah. That's an incredible story. I had no idea that that's how that worked. Um, but my question though is, how did you test someone's faith? Like, how do you find out if somebody says like, ah. I am a Catholic. I believe in the you know Lord Jesus Christ and everything. Yes. How do you then go? But do you like you know like like how? How do you how do you uh how, how do you authorize that? Well, that's exactly like it. Possible. There's a fair there's. A, People get very hung up on the torture, and we can talk about that in just a moment. But the beginning phases of it is, is far less dramatic, right? You get them in a room, you maybe offer them something to drink, a tea, something. I mean, you know, we, we're starting from a place of assuming we're all on the same, right? Yeah, okay. So, but what, uh, kind you know, of, what kind of tea was it? Well, <laughs> like a chamomile I, or a... certainly a chamomile. I mean, we, to we had a variety soothing. of tea even in the 1400s. I was wow. saying something to soothe them, or did you want to get them jittery, like put a bunch of caffeine in Ooh, them or something? Like a, like well, a Ceylon or yeah. black tea. Maybe interesting. I'd never thought of that. Maybe it's like a sleepy now. time team and oh, mm. almost acts like a truth serum. Get them off their guard Ooh. a little bit. Yeah, like they're a little sleepy yes. and they're co- too comfortable, you know? So uh, they start, yeah. start flipping the lip. You would have been good at this, dude. Oh, yes, I think you would have. No, please. But anyway, where I was going is you simply ask them. You say, so do you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal savior? And, and they say yes or no. And if they say yes, well, <laughs> we're done here. I mean, oh, you know, hearty handshake, finish your tea, but uh, we do have a lot of people waiting. And yeah. mm-hmm. and if they say no, or if they say it in a way that's not convincing, you've got to ask them a few more times. Okay. And you would be amazed that sitting across for, uh, for a table from somebody and simply asking them the same question 
much more quickly than you would imagine. They uh, they get tired of lying to you, and eventually they tell you the truth. Interesting. I, I have a question, Jerry. Yeah, so you said uh, there's a lot of people waiting. How many people <laughs> are you going through a day? Oh, Is there a line? Words. Do they have to take a number? Thousands of people. You understand? Thousands. In the 1400s, there's not much to do. They are. I mean, there's a lot to do. There's a lot of work, backbreaking, manual labor. But, uh, you know, we would send the troops out and the, the army would sort of herd them up. And what are you going to do? You know, you're going to wait until it's your turn. So. Yeah, the numbers kind of astounded me. Like uh, 150,000 people were inquisited. I think 2,000 were put to death mm. just, just under your tenure. Oof, feels wow. like more, but if you say so. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. I can't believe that somebody would come in to, be, to have their faith tested. And you sit them down and you say, do you accept Lord Jesus Christ? And they would say no. Some people said no to you? Well, you know, a religious belief is a very personal thing to some people. I mean, you know. Hmm, interesting. Mm. Potato, potato. I mean, everybody's got their own, you know. Potato, potato, or tomato, tomato, which is obviously one of Ginger's songs. Uh Uh-huh, that's right. And you know what? Ginger Rogers never said no, (laughs) if you know what I mean. (laughs) Oh, my word. Is it warm in here? Is it just me? I don't know. Hey, let's not make Ginger Rogers feel uncomfortable. We're not not trying to sexualize. No, I think Uh, it might actually be these heavy woolen cloaks I'm wearing. (laughs) Oh, you're sweating. Mean to make you feel uncomfortable. I'm, being I'm a real Fred Astaire over here. Oh, he's a sweat hog, Freddie Freddie Astaire. I didn't realize you were being literal. I thought maybe you were th- you were kicking it. No, to no, Rogers I, over. I think it might oh. just be me. Okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll try to get the uh, the air on in here a little bit, but let's uh, move back over to oh, Ginger sure. Rogers. Uh, I found something kind of uh, fascinating in your Wikipedia. So it said that you grew up in Missouri, uh-huh. and your parents uh, split up when you were fairly young. That must yes. have been difficult for it you. Was, it was. Um, and I read that your dad kidnapped you twice. Mm. To try to like bring the family back together. Yes, is he that loved, true? He loved grand gestures. Okay. That was the kind of thing that he was. He he said, "No more two Christmases. We're gonna have one more one again." That was uh, okay. He and that was, was very sure. big. On well, that makes he, perfect sense. Is that how yes. he enticed you to come back? Was with this promise of one Christmas? Yes, one Christmas. And I was getting tired of two Christmases, and I wanted one again. <laughs> so he grand gestures, old daddy. One thing he would do was he uh, he learned how to fly a plane, and he would oh. uh, yes, and he would he would jump out of the plane, uh, and he would uh, just land right into my mother's um, backyard, and uh, he broke his legs several times. Ooh, he was not gosh. trained to jump out of the plane. He was trained to fly it. He learned to fly out. the plane but not learn to, <laughs> to skydive. Yeah, it had a skydive. Interesting. He, he was so not in the... Impulsive man. Yeah, he was very impulsive. Did he have somebody else flying the plane for what, after oh, he Oh, no. Out? It was very expensive because then the plane would just go off and he had to buy a brand new plane. Of course. We uh. said, Daddy, why? <laughs> why is this happening? But he said, I got to bring this family back together. Mm, it's almost like it reminds me of the movie Mrs. Doubtfire, like a, uh, a father uh. who's willing to do anything to get his family back. Well, you know what that mm-hmm. is? That's funny you bring that up, Jared, because he did pose as our nanny for a year. Really? What? He did. That's old old Daddy Rogers. Now, that's what he did. But, but I and, wonder and if you fell for it? And I did. <laughs> he was, he, uh, he just, his wig was, and the glasses, and, uh, you know, he fooled everyone. He fooled everyone. Wow. So, you know, I guess I've gotten a lot of the acting from my father. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's acting like our nanny. Incredible, for a year. convincing performance mm-hmm. for over a year. Yes, and so many times uh, we'd we'd go into his room at, at his room at night and say, "Oh, and it wasn't Mrs. Doubtfire. It was this is Mrs. Um, Pennyworth. Say, Mrs. Pennyworth, uh, read us a story." And then he would say, "Oh, hello!" And suddenly he had all this white cream on his face, <laughs> and he always had a night mask. That's like uh, taken directly from oh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, is he it? just stayed in character the whole time. Oh, just, yes, he did. He was always in character. It's really incredible. But didn't was that not traumatic for you to have your dad jumping into backyards and breaking his legs and pretending to be a me. woman and kidnapping yes. you from t- taking you from your mother? Well, it, it just seemed a uh, du rigueur by that point. It was just <laughs> oh, daddy again. It was at this point we were a little desensitized by the it's whole. It's incredible thing. what children can sort of like just, adapt yeah. to. Oh my goodness! Yeah, oh, they're so have, resilient. They're so you, incredible. You must have gotten used to to hearing the sound of his legs snapping as he hit the back. <laughs> oh, oh my it's just gosh. dad again. Yes, it was this. It was the snap. I I couldn't hear a broken bone. A happening just uh miles away i'm mm. like oh that's so it I'm, I'm as tuned to it <laughs> was he did he have any any legs broken when he was being uh mrs pennyworth or was he oh uh his arm unfortunately oh, his arm. he was he was trying to move too much furniture and <laughs> and he just broke it interesting i assume that maybe like he jumped out of a plane and then like his limbs his limbs hadn't healed and then he decided to do the costume but you're saying that as mrs pennyworth 
he was just also that accident prone that he then broke his yes. arm. And then we found out that daddy just had very weak bones. Weak bones. Very weak bones. And oh. um, luckily I didn't inherit that. My bones are very strong. That's good. But dancing. But uh, but daddy did not, he was not a strong man. Interesting. In the mind or, or the limbs. Interesting. Well, I'd, I'd love to hear more about your relationship oh, at this moment. But if you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on uh, Radio Free Brooklyn. And my guests today are early 20th century American actor, singer, and dancer Ginger Rogers. Hello. And 15th century Dominican friar and first grand inquisitor of the Spanish Inquisition, Tomas de Torquemada. That's me. And uh, Mr. Torquemada, so, you know, as I mentioned, there were all these uh, Jews and Muslims who were converting to Catholicism. Um, they called them uh, crypto-Jews, which is uh, a Jew that, that converted but didn't really mean it. But that's not entirely accurate. You see, oh. the crypto-Jews were a special sect Okay. Of Jews. Oh. And we had sort of, it's magical powers was how it was perceived at the time, but what it really was was biological implants. So Wait, I'm sorry. So you're saying that, that, that the crypto referred to a biological implant that was put into some Jewish people? Yes. Well, yes. <laughs> wow. Have you seen the, the new Justice League with the cyborg? It's I've, I've like the, that. I've seen the commercials Jews. for it. Yes. So we could, you know, we could fire beams from, uh, you know, there's a lot of fun things you could do. You had to kind of keep it under wraps. You didn't want people to see the circuits and such. But okay. That's oh. really what was going on there. But, but, but please finish your question. What was. was Te- technically speaking. That's yeah. interesting. I didn't even know the technology existed at, at that point. Well, I mean, you know, it's... We well, kind of kept it hush hush. I mean, it wasn't, okay. people wouldn't be nuts about it, but weren't they? Would have thought we were some sort of a demon, you know? Yeah. Why, why okay. make the the Jews crypto? Yeah, why, isn't that why? a power that you would want then? I I am. Oh, well, that's right. So his family, uh, Turkmenistan's family, were converted Jews. Oh, uh, we, we absolutely are. But I thought that crypto Jews was specifically for Jews that converted, but then like kept on practicing Judaism. You're saying that a crypto Jew was like a robot cyborg Jew. Yes, that continued practicing Judaism. (laughs) Ah, It's both. Okay. Both. Ah. So were there any crypto Jews, uh, biologically uh, million-dollar man-style engineered, who didn't continue to to, uh, follow Judaism but were just... Uh, cyborgs that then like legitimately believed in the Catholic faith. Yes. Okay. And th- yes, because you you have to remember that there wasn't a lot going on. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot going on. <laughs> so really, the cathedrals were these sort of they were the closest thing we had to Disneyland. I mean, they were big and beautiful and awe inspiring. And ooh, mm-hmm. Christmas was so beautiful with the pageantry. You know, so you'd light the menorah, and that was great. <laughs> But then it was a little hard to compete with the kind of, uh, you know, Michael Bay thing going on over here, Christianity. So, yeah, some people got into it. That is a, it's a problem that Jews are having still today is oh, like Hanukkah gosh. is so much more boring than Christmas is. It's so much less interesting and entertaining, you know. But so your family were these Jewish converts. Yes. Uh, but you were never like inquisited. Your family was never, the faith of your family was never challenged. Is that right? Well, not officially. No, we kind of snuck in under the wire there right at the beginning. Okay. And so it was sort of like grandfathered in. It was just like everybody after yeah, us were suspicious something, of. Something like that. You see, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, there was a lot of uh, nepotism and bribery and things at the time. I mean, <laughs> at the time. <laughs> it was going on. Still. Let's not get into politics. Oh, gosh. Let's but, talk about um, 1930s Hollywood. You know, actually, that's a, that's a different conversation. But there was a lot of similarities. <laughs> between uh, then and between now. Between then and now, yes. But, uh, you know, if you were on the right side of things and you paid the right people... That greased a lot of wheels. Interesting. Literal so, wheels and figurative wheels. Oh, oh, like wheels that you wouldn't want to be you like, wouldn't, crushed <laughs> Wheels under. you would want to be greased and <laughs> other wheels that you wouldn't want oh. to be greased. That makes sense. Oh, I do have questions about like the sort of like barbaric practice of torturing yes. heretics, but I'd like to go over to Mr. Rogers here for just a moment. Oh, All right. Wonderful. So your big break, your first big break uh-huh. came on the vaudeville circuit when you won a Charleston dance contest. Oh. And you uh, ended up touring with a, a man named Eddie Foy for six months. Is that yes, right? Yes, that's correct. All right. And so oh, Eddie. I was wondering what uh, what was that act like with Eddie during those six months? Like what kind? I know that there were like, you know, uh, all different kinds of vaudeville acts, oh, like yes. magic and comedy and uh, like dance, singer, song and dance man. So yes, stuff. it was uh, as other vaudeville acts of the day. We were a combination. He mm-hmm. would uh, saw my legs off. Uh, saw saw your my legs, legs off. off. Saw, uh, saw me in half, rather. Okay. Uh, but the legs were the part that were sticking out. Mm. And I, I played um, uh, the part of the head. 
Okay. And uh, his wife, Pamela, played the legs. Uh, and we were we were sawed in half. That was one part. Mm-hmm. Uh, another part was um, uh, a comedy, a comedy act. Okay. Where uh, we, uh, he, he pretended to not know where he was. And kept asking questions, and then I, really I funny. and I was Sounds like, really well, well, "We're here!" And so it was mm. a it was a very early who's on first, <laughs> yes. but in a theater. Okay, so um, he would say like, "Oh, where are where we?" Are and we? You would and say, I said, "On first. It was on First Avenue. Okay, that that, uh, that theater." And then he would say like, "Like first, baseball?" First. And I said, "No, like a theater." And he's like. Like, oh, for movies? And I said, no, the stage. (laughs) And then he would, uh, and it would go back and forth. I can really see the the, the way that Who's On First would, like, develop out of that. Yes. It really is a one-to-one comparison. Only uh, Abbott and Costello kind of made it uh, clever. Oh, Oh, as opposed to what you guys were doing, which is not not no offense, no, but no, no, a fine. little bit more um, just like all, straight on the page. It was you know? easy to get a laugh back then. We yeah. just had to play very confused. Okay, yes. that that was like a big genre of vaudeville, was just like being confused. Yes, it was. That was uh, there was there was a whole year where confusion was a hit. Confusion, a confusion <laughs> on stage. People not knowing what was happening was big. Interesting. And so, what, what were some of the other confused acts? If if you have any memory. Oh of this. yes. Oh. Well, I remember Buster Keaton when he was young. He and his parents had a very great confused act where they were they didn't know that that was their son, and and he said no, I I am, and then they said no, and and it went back and forth, and we laughed and laughed. That is so interesting. Yes. It's almost the way you describe it. I mean, I know that Who's on First sort of like developed a little while after mm-hmm. that. It's almost like Who's on First was then a like like a callback or a reference yes. to the confused era like did people think that who's on first was like retro then oh. like oh it's the old confused bit that used oh. to be so popular it, it really hit a soft spot for everyone oh, I was like oh, I remember I remember yeah. just like stranger things uh, <laughs> hits hits that spot um I've heard and so it's it's just like yeah it was just like oh I remember this from my youth and which, is, which is ironic because confused mm-hmm. it, you wouldn't remember if you were confused you yes, know. yes, That's which funny. was also ironic. That's funny. It's so. got like a double, got a little uh-huh. meaning there. God, yes. you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Oh, you know exactly. What I mean? Like you know, people are just true, always true. grabbing from the past, borrowing from the past. It, it, it's a cycle. It's like mm-hmm. recycled air. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, and and then we'd end it end it with a two step, and that was and that was the old seal of the deal. Yes, it's a exactly. solid act right there. Eddie and Ginger, and later on, I'd be I'd be with a Freddie. So mm-hmm. Freddie's and Eddie's. Eddie and a Freddie. Yes. and uh, I actually do have a question about uh, other men that you were paired with a little uh-huh. bit later, oh, but I like to. Move over to Torquemada here for just a moment. So in the mid-1400s, uh, just around the time that you were promoted to prior uh, at the Monastery of Santa Cruz, you meet and hit it off with a Princess Isabella I, and you become her religious confessor and personal advisor. Yes. And so can you tell us about that uh, that original meeting and what it was that made you two hit it off and made her want to keep you around as a spiritual advisor? Yes, well, I I was the official. My, my title was Prior Richard, mm-hmm. and uh, you know she she took a shining to me immediately. She thought I had a trustworthy face, which is funny because you, as you can see, I'm fairly disfigured. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, so you many have, burns. Yeah, very very suspicious and sneaky looking, uh, messed up kind of face. Yes, and it is what it is. I mean, you know, there are mirrors even in the 1400s. So. <laughs> So I was a and little like, surprised. And She's a very powerful young woman, very attractive young woman. And, uh, you know, I'm, I am used to the fairer sex being absolutely horrified of me on sight because I look like some sort of a Quasimodo, uh, you know, nightmare. Or a uh, uh, Phantom at the Opera without his mask on. Yeah, sure. Oh, so yeah. Go on. And I mean, we could do this all day, literally. <laughs> but imagine the worst thing you could possibly and then run over it with a car. And that's kind oh. of what you're getting with my uh, face. Mel Gibson in that one movie where he had oh, a Man mas- Without a Face. Man Without a Face. Oh, oh, oh yeah, or Mask. Remember Mask? The Mask yes. with uh, Eric Roberts. Yes, yes. yes. Or uh, maybe when Jim Carrey yeah. took off that green mask who knew it was underneath <laughs> loki <laughs> anyway so you were saying uh, oh so so yes i was saying as basically um you know we, right away we had chemistry and a sense of trust and she said so so what do you think should we just um we're in here decide if this is going to work out uh, do, do, do you want to just flip a coin on it and i said 
uh, works for me. I mean, I've never done this before. Wait, I'm sorry, said, flip a coin on what exactly? Well, you know, she had the opportunity to say, this guy's not going to work, and they would have taken me out and, and hanged me by my neck. Okay. Oh. At, yeah, so I mean, say, you, maybe, maybe or maybe not, you would be her spiritual yes, advisor. Yes, is this going to work out? Okay. Spiritual advice, kind of an audition, is a oh, job okay. interview, oh. but, uh, you know. That's interesting. It's pretty not, sharp. It's not usual in the job interview where they'll say, do you want this job? Because it almost feels like what she's saying, you know? Like, usually if you're if you're there asking for the job, like, it's assumed that you want the job. So she, in the middle of this interview, basically said to you, exactly. do you even want to be here? She said, listen, oh. let's just cut cut the crap. I'm in charge. I'm going to flip oh, a coin. Queen Isabella. Yes, <laughs> she, she took the bull by the horns. Don't get oh. me. You would have liked her. Oh, <laughs> She was a firecracker. I like that. And I liked her, too. And I said right off the bat, she said, uh, heads, heads, we're going to do this, and tails, we're not. And it was heads, and I was like, you know, I like you. I like oh. you a lot. This is gonna work oh, out great. Interesting. That's yeah. So, so, nice. so you know, it was it was it was a little avant garde, a little a little uh, you know, a little crazy, mm-hmm. but uh, it worked out. Okay. Oh, and besties so, right away. Right away. Like. Just based right off of a away. coin flip. And yeah. nobody, you know, there was a lot of gossip at that time. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. As I've oh, said, as there is always. As I've said, yeah. there's, there wasn't a lot to do. People talked. Oh. People talked. Yeah. And there was no social media, so, you know, people were always around the well. Oh, did you see what she... Uh, it oh. made me pretty angry myself. I'm just not a gossip. Mm-hmm. But we would go around, and here's this very eligible, very attractive young woman, and here's this hideous old, you know, creature. And so there wasn't any... Nobody assumed anything was happening there. Oh, it's I mean, nothing was happening there. But it was refreshing to be able to go around with her and enjoy her company as her spiritual advisor, but also as her BFF. Interesting. So you were so ugly that everybody just, they, they, they didn't have to worry about gossiping about you. That's right. That's interesting. That's right. I mean, what do you say? Oh, he's ugly. Yep. I mean, there's no, where are you going to take it from there? Wow. Yeah, People a, can be so cruel. That's a really good point. <laughs> so like, what were some, got that right. What were some of the uh, uh, issues that you would advise her on spiritually? You know, like, uh, it seems. Oh, you know what sort of dress, what color dress she wanted to have made. That's or a spiritual question? That's well, a spiritual you know, issue? People are people. What, well, what, what, Fashion. What, what, what did you imagine? You don't get it. You don't get it. it right? <laughs> yes. Right? Yes, it's very it spiritual. Matters. Mm-hmm. Yes, it absolutely. Matters. I don't know if it is, Try though. going to the Oscars in 1948 with uh, with uh, with a dress that was all spiritually picked out. It would be, oh, mm. gosh, you had You had to coordinate your, your spiritual message with what you were wearing for, yes. like, whatever event that you were going to? Yes. Sure. I mean, I... Maybe- People do it today, but back then it was really paint by numbers. I mean, mm-hmm. remember, uh, you know, in the Elizabethan times, if you dressed like a king, people just assumed you were the king? Wait, is that real? People used to just assume that you were the king? You- it was even worse in the 1400s, believe me. You dress oh like a God. chicken, people would try and pluck you. Oh. Well, I, I would. people should not dress like a chicken then, if that's well, what happened to you. that's what the church certainly decreed. That's incredible. Like, I, 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 I didn't know that there was this... Um, uh, rampant people just dressing for other things and then pretending to be that thing. Oh, yes. That's why the plays of, again, Shakespeare's 200 years later, but that's why the plays of Shakespeare were so popular when you'd have a, a young man or a young woman dress as somebody of their other station, of the other sex, and everybody would just buy it. Everybody yeah. just assumed if you had those clothes, then you were exactly. that Exactly. Nowadays, we say, hey, wait, wait a minute. That's Gwyneth Paltrow. Is nobody else seeing this? <laughs> wow. But back then, they're like, no, it's a guy. Look. It's dressed like that. Did anybody, I mean, obviously this wasn't in place while you were working, Ginger Rogers. Like, nobody would, like, dress up like a Hollywood director and people just assumed he was a Hollywood director, right? Oh, you'd be surprised, Jared. That happened once on the RKO set. (laughs) Really? Oh, one time there was a man with jodhpurs and he had his own megaphone and he started just telling everyone what to do, where to go, and uh, he had a script, but it turns out he was too Two young boys on top of each other. Two young boys, two on, young top boys on top of each other. And everyone thought, oh, that's a director. It looked just like a director. And then we just said, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> did did they have, did the one on top have a little mustache? He did have a little oh, mustache that would do it and, for me. And, and a beret <laughs> yes. and, and that megaphone. And then we, and, and I mean, Three hours later, we figured it out. He wow. was actually, those two young boys were very good directors. You know, it's the, the more you describe the outfit, the more I'm even convinced. I'm like a beret, oh, a mustache, gosh. a script. The like jodhers. clearly, clearly, clearly. A, a film director. And, and you know what? One of those little boys turned out to be Orson Welles. <gasps> yes, oh, there we go. Little Hollywood wow. secrets. Well, that you. is quite a uh, quite a nugget to, uh, to end on right before we take yes. this short break. Um, so stick around on Famous Dead People. We'll be right back with Torquemada oh, and Ginger 
Rogers, stay people, with us. Famous dip people, famous dip Hey, everybody, just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts, rate us five stars, leave a comment, tell your friends, all that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org if you want a specific Famous Dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us, whatever we love hearing from fans. Uh, Also, check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money. Also, go check out JarrettBarrenson.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support the Show button. Thanks again for listening and now back to the podcast. Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jarrett Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are early 20th century American triple threat actor, singer, and dancer Ginger Rogers. Hello. And 15th century Dominican friar and first grand inquisitor of the Spanish Inquisition, Tomasa Torquemada. Hello. So, uh, Torquemada, um, so we were talking about you being the spiritual advisor to uh, Princess Isabella, and one of the um, things that you advised her on was um, who she was going to marry because uh, you advised her to marry King Ferdinand of Aragon. Is that is that correct? That's correct. This Although is your in, pronunciation uh, is a little little wonky. It was. Did I do Aragon wrong? Is it's that nice? Oregon? Or wait, it was pronounced Oregon. Yes, it's oh. not spelled like Oregon at all. Well, no, but not everything is spelled how it sounds. Obviously, oh. it's not a one-to-one translation. Oh, you know? well, there's also all old English. Sometimes you read it, and S's look like F's. That's true. Or they and throw an E in there. Or they, exactly. And I mean, yeah. I, I could also be being influenced by the Lord of the Rings. This looks a lot like Aragorn. You know, the character oh, from was, I like those Lord of the Rings. Those are those, those, were, movies. Yeah, those yeah. were fun. I can't believe they're making the Amazon series. Like, I don't know where. What? Like, they're making what? they're making a TV show based on the Lord of the Rings. It's like, have we do do we not have enough material yeah. already? Look, I don't want to get on off track, this. but I'll just throw this out there. I mean, is it possible that Amazon's going to go too far? I think so. <gasps> I think knows? so. I also don't know anybody that watches Amazon series. Like, I know people no. that do Netflix and Hulu, but yeah. I don't know anybody that does Amazon series. But we're getting off track Yes, here. okay. So uh, you told Princess Isabella in 1469, you advised her to marry King Ferdinand of Oregon. That <laughs> really doesn't feel right. Um, so I'm wondering, why did Sorry. you think, why did you say, no, I believe you, I trust you. Why did you say that that was the right move for Princess Isabella? Why did you tell her to marry right. uh, King Ferdinand? Well, you know, it was complex math, but it was also pretty simple math. I okay. mean, she had a lot of choices, and there was a lot of politics and finance to consider. Mm-hmm. But when you really looked at the whole field, I mean, you know, there were two or three that were... Yeah, that you would really want to spend the rest of your life with. Oh, I mean, okay. some of them had a lot of money, but yeesh. You know, you would I mean, can't even have a conversation over dinner with this guy. And then okay. some of them were extremely powerful, but didn't have two nickels to rub together. You know, or, it's powerful men, but with no money. Yes. Hmm. I mean, what are you really going to do? Interesting. OK. Uh, and was there a lot of uh, inbreeding there? Was, there? was everyone all connected? At sure, that time? sure. A lot of those princes. I mean, yeah, let me put it this way. If you could get 23 and me going, it all looked like the same profile. It would just be oh. one person. Just one person. With, uh, you know, Genghis Khan. Wait, so, in there. so when you were advising her uh, on all these various suitors, like, was it, I mean, you know, it didn't look like what we would call the bachelor, right? Like they weren't all Ooh. there at the same time. Was there a rose ceremony? Like you know, wooing. actually, I it, it it looked a lot like the bachelor. I mean, really? There was a rose. Yes, were they, they were there at the same time. And the, there was a the fight to the death. So, ooh, you know, they should do that on the bachelor. Oh, well, I I, I agree. It. I'd watch it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, it, it would make it uh, NC seventeen. What, what's the, I don't know what the ratings are, but mm-hmm. well, not not uh, not the family friendly that it is now. Sure. So there yeah. was a lot of that pomp and circumstance, and like sit on the bench and blah blah blah, and talk about giving the rest. <laughs> but you know, if 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 it got a little too hot under the collar, if somebody's mm-hmm. got a little sassy, the other person could throw down the gauntlet, and then you know, 
Two Ooh, men enter, yeah. one man leave kind of thing. So Interesting. Ooh. Not okay. for the faint of heart. And so at the end of all of this, the last man standing was this uh, uh, King Ferdinand yes. of Oregon. Yes. Uh, and uh, this was this the guy that you were banking on like from the very beginning where you were like, oh, he's clearly the best. Or did he sort of like, uh, you know, did, did, did his positive qualities come out over time? He was a slow burn. Okay. He wasn't the first one you'd pick out of the line, you know? Mm-hmm. But he was solid. And he was steady. And, mm. you know, a lot of men at the time, a lot of bravado, a lot of peacocking. Mm. He was yes. relatively quiet. And at first, because you're used to the other thing, you're sort of like, who's this drip? But then as you got to know him, you're like, he's funny. Oh. <laughs> he is so funny. Interesting. Well, I can imagine, like, back then... Having bravado had a lot more uh, weight to it than it does now because you can't check, you know, like like you could walk yes. into a room and say, yes. you know, I, yes. uh, I hooked up all these people. I beat up all these dudes. I've won all these awards. Exactly. And it's not like you can just go on their social right. and find out. If that's right. You had enough. to rely on other people saying it. And if they mm-hmm. had, uh, you know, paid enough people to. You know, it's sort of the version of fake news. You know, they could they could buy rumor mongers to spread rumors. But you, you, I'll tell you how you could tell is when someone finally threw down the gauntlet and said, all right, big mouth, why don't we let's go you and me. And then the other person would be like, well, I got to be somewhere. And, you know, oh. and they'd make some excuse and they'd beg off. And you're oh, not not so tough now. eh? And you cannot fool the yes. grand inquisitor. True oh, color. This guy yes. knows how to call you out. And, and Ferdinand was cool with you and, and your bestie. Is it yeah, with that relationship? Well, that no, nothing was really nothing was going on. I wasn't a threat. You know, I had her back and he, he appreciated. I was more of an uncle figure. I mean, your I friend zoned. Yeah, you well, got friend zoned by Princess Isabella. Well, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's nothing to be ashamed of. You know, we have this idea that the friend zone is like this bad thing to be in. You know, that it's like you know these nice guys on the internet they talk about how they got friend zoned, how that was a bad thing. But but why? But like being a friend with somebody, even a beautiful woman, like thank you. You that's, know, that's great. You have a relationship. That's absolutely right. Friendships you know? are enriching. And I never really felt that way about her. You know, I loved her. And it was more than sisterly. It was more like a niece. Like, she was family, but there was, you know, she was like a bestie. But the truth of the matter is, I've just never been all that. I am I think at, we didn't have the word for it at the time, but I would I'd self-identify as asexual now. Yeah. I just sexual. was never that well, big love, a thing for I'd me. love to dig more into that, because I do know that you are obviously a friar, a man of the cloth, so you wouldn't have any kind of relationship like yeah, that. Yeah, and some people really struggle with that. It was never... never Oh, well, I mean, obviously it was the 1400s. But anyway, yeah. so so let's uh, let's pivot over to Ginger Rogers for a, right. a moment. Uh, so your first movie with uh, Fred Astaire was Flying Down to Rio in 1933. Yes. Uh, but the two of you had actually met three years earlier when you were starring on Broadway in Girl Crazy. And <gasps> oh. Mr. Astaire was hired to teach the dancers their choreography. That's right, the choreo. Uh, and uh, I was wondering, like, when you see Mr. Astaire, when you see Fred Astaire on, on Flying Down to Rio... Like, was that like a grand reunion? Had you stayed in touch? Or was it like, was it like, oh my God, I remember you from that thing? You know, like, what what was that like? uh, Well, we had been, we'd been keeping touch throughout that time in those Mm. three years. Just sort of like little postcards of like, oh, hey, I'm still on Girl Crazy. Uh, And him just like, oh, I'm in Hollywood. And we had, we'd sent little cards to each other. So when we saw each other on Flying to Rio, it was, oh. Well, here we are, finally, face-to-face again. <laughs> oh, Eddie, a uh, Freddy. <laughs> last, I still sometimes, I was, he's like, I'm Fred. And I said, I'm going to call you Freddy. It's close to Eddie, who used to be my partner. Well, this is like that confusion bit that was so hot Exactly. Back then, you know? So he knew it well, and we played, we laughed. Mm-hmm. We laughed so much. So it was really good to see him. And I said, oh, Freddy, so good. And um, and I was glad to work with him again. Yeah. And so can you tell us a little bit about that that first show that you started on Broadway, that uh, Girl Crazy Girl show? Girl Crazy, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that was about that was about a teenager. Okay, and um, and she I'm was, assuming that was you. It was me, yeah. and I'm girl crazy. I'm a girl who's crazy. <laughs> was it boys. girl girl comma crazy? Girl, no. girl colon crazy. No, it, it it was actually a line spoken by. Uh, it was the last line of the of the play. It was someone had a a heart attack and he could barely get it out. He said, "Girl." Crazy, oh. yes. Oh, so it's almost like girl period crazy period. Girl crazy, uh. yes. The girl actually goes so crazy she murders at the oh, end. Oh wow, Ooh, that's exactly it. So he was he was trying to get word out to the police. Girl crazy. 
Um, and, and then he died. And then that he died. Hitch- and that Hitchcock? Was- it sounds like uh, it. Uh, it was one of his first, yes, it was his, one of his first directing. Ooh, Alfred Hitchcock directed the musical Girl Crazy uh-huh. on Broadway? That's right. It was a musical song and dance. Yes, wow. he was very young. He was actually on top of another young boy at the time. Oh I, my god! It was two god. boys. Yes, all How these many boys did this. So many boys. <laughs> it, it was. It was right after the depression. We needed it. Oh, the country yeah. needed that two small sense. boys on top of each other, pretending that they are directors <laughs> of Broadway and film. We we wow. we loved it. That is fascinating. Yes. Um. So yeah. So do, do you want to know some of the songs from Girl Crazy? Oh, I would love to know some of the songs. Let's from, let's let from me think the back. Murder to, musical. The murder musical directed by a young Alfred Hitchcock on top uh, of another boy. On top of the shoulders. Of another boy. I wonder what happened to the, the boys that were on the bottom there. I wonder if they ever went amount to anything. But sorry, no. you were saying. Oh no, no, it was always the top boy. That was always the one we listened to. Uh, the other ones. Um, so you were saying the the songs from some of uh, the songs. Oh, from Girl uh, Crazy, the musical. Yes, yes. Um, uh, uh, stab, stab, ask later Ooh, was one. Like uh, that, that musical in Chicago. The, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. There's a lot of murder in that. Oh also. yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so stab, stab, ask later. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them was. Uh, you will be mine, mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's when she starts stalking some of the boys. Ooh, so it's got a dark. It's very dark. It's vibe very to it. dark. Very dark. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, another one is um, uh, the sun will come out tomorrow. Uh, which, oh, well, that was in that was in Annie. Yes, the they come stole that. it. That was another nostalgia song. So that was one. Oh, yes, um, okay. uh, and uh, uh, those were just some of the songs. That, they were yeah. Very dark. I mean, that sounds a really interesting. Show. Yes. I I did not think that it was going to be that dark. I didn't think there was going to be murder in it. Oh, and I also love, love, love everything that ends with the title. Like, oh. you know how in the importance of being earnest. Yes. He ends with I've just realized the vital importance of being earnest. Yes, I yes. love it. I wish oh. every movie and play and TV show did that. It should be a rule. Yes, it should be a rule. It should be a rule. End with it. Yeah. Oh, uh, how much better would it be if at the end of a movie it would be like, I can't believe we just won the Star Wars. You know? Oh, How much yes. better would that be? That, that would be a billion times better. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. Uh, or like, oh, uh, uh, you truly were a sister act. <laughs> that's uh, that exactly. Would be, <laughs> that would be uh, something. There should be a rule. It should always there should that, be a rule. It truly was, and then the title. That so was then, my life Or, or it could Citizen be, Kane. Yes. Aren't you glad? It truly was a wonderful life. <laughs> aren't you glad that we came Flying down to Rio. Right? Yes, exactly. That's the, the it first truly was uh, flying us flying down to Rio. <laughs> it works for everything. It does work for everything. I think it could be a little more nuanced than that, but no, that's no. neither here nor no. there. Okay. I tomato, sort of tomato. preferred more on the nose. <laughs> yes. I, I, you know, I, give I like me a that. big juicy punch right I at like the end. I like the one to one. That was a story about Hamlet. The whole audience <laughs> could all say it together. Yes, they could. Exactly. That would be really fun. Oh. Uh, let's go back to uh, Torquemada here for just a moment. Mm. So uh, when this, we talked a little bit about this already. When the Spanish Inquisition starts, uh, you were one of many inquisitors that was hired by the Pope. We learned earlier in this interview that it was because a bird threw through your window yes. with the job offer. Um, but it was only after a year that you were officially named the Grand Inquisitor uh, of the Inquisition. Is that right? That's correct, yes. Okay, so what made you stand out exactly? What made people think that you, of all the other inquisitors should be the Grand Inquisitor. Honestly, I don't think that the nightmare face hurt. But, you know, I, I don't know if it's coming across, and I certainly don't want to toot my own <laughs> horn, but people have always told me I've got a certain joie de vivre. You know, there's oh. a certain sparkle to me, especially in those You do tedious... light up a room. You really yes. do. You're Thank glowing you. right Thank now. Thank you so much. Thank you. That, well, that's actually... I put that on. That's a little bit of the. That's the makeup. Like oh, like a bronzer. That, yes. Oh, Do you like it? Yes, it's beautiful. I mean, it can't, you can't really fix yes. this. Did but... you hit up Sephora before you came here? <laughs> well, I've got a subscription to their mail oh, order. Oh, nice. Service. Yes. Oh, it's so convenient. We can talk after. Okay, great. So listen, I think it was just about you know being a nice guy. I mean, I got my job done. Mm-hmm. I got back to people when they left me messages. Okay. You know, I showed up on time. And I was fun to hang out with. It doesn't have to be fancier worker. than that. Yeah, yeah so the same way that, uh, you know, uh, uh, King Ferdinand was just a solid guy. Yes. You know, there's something to be said for consistency. Like, you know, some some people, they just they explode right out of the gate. Yes. But then you can't count on them, you know, and they're not friendly. And they don't, yes. they don't, uh, they don't, you know, refill the uh, the Brita right. at the end of the day. There's something to be said. People remember that. Sort putting of your head right. down and getting the job done. Right. So, so this was your crew, you and uh, Ferdinand, just like... 
rolling deep. You know, I never really thought of it that way, oh. but it is it is a bit like that. Like uh, have a you ever seen Swift's Girl Squad? Maybe. Oh yeah. Does that sound? Uh, is that would you call that an apt analogy, uh, Torquemada? I I love it. I don't know what that is, but <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah, uh, for those who are just joining us, you're listening to Famous Dead People on Radio for Brooklyn, and my guests today are. 15th century Dominican friar and first Grand Inquisitor of the Spanish Inquisition, Tomas de Torquemada. Hello. And early 20th century American actor, singer, and dancer, Ginger Rogers. Hello. Uh, and so we were just talking about how you were, how you eventually uh, became the Grand Inquisitor mm. of all the other Inquisitors. And you're saying, you know, just like, just putting your putting your head down, getting the job done, being yeah. consistent. But I, I mean, I don't want to make it sound too, you know... Too straight. There was an arm wrestling competition. I won oh. that. Oh, there were trials. There, there was a lot. Sure, sure. I mean, I, again, I, I can't say it enough times. There was not a lot to do. So we continually were coming up with ways to kind of fill the time and make things interesting. So yes, yes, yes. Many trials. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I it, won it all those. It sounds like the, the arm wrestling is a, a feat of strength. Were there other ones, mm-hmm. like a quiz or something? Right. It, it, just not to quiz. There piece was a of, quiz. Piece of purity, maybe. Absol- Ooh, yes. Absolutely, there was a quiz. But, you know, cheating was very encouraged. So oh, the encouraged. way... Yes, I mean, yes. The hypocrisy, I think, was kind of uh. woven into the fabric of society. I don't think we even thought of it that way. It was just... Mm-hmm. Competent. This idea of like, well, he's not playing fair. That wouldn't even people. What are you yes. talking about? Play. What it was playing yeah. fair? That's boring. Wait. Yeah. So, right? so you're saying that this promotion didn't have anything to do with you being like more barbaric or torturing harder or well, I mean, murdering I, quicker. Sure, I, you know, I was a real son of a bitch. I mean, people did not want to pull my name when it came up for the. You know, I was effective. Got, I had great numbers. Is that how you got an inquisitor? You pulled the name out of a hat, and that was the inquisitor that you yes, got. Yes, they had a, wow. they had a, they had a great big hat. It was a kind of a, um, uh, you know, it was like a, a party, like a comedy thing. Nobody could wear this hat. Oh. Somebody hat was too sewed big. a giant hat uh-huh. because you know. Am I allowed to curse? It's, oh, yeah, yeah. Because fuck you, right? Oh, you know, yes. you pull a hat name out of the big a funny hat. novelty hat, of course. It it sounds I don't know. They had a sick really sense funny. of humor. It's and uh, everyone had their little name written on it. Yes. And some people you really didn't like had the name in there twice. Ooh. And they had to walk up. And they, everybody was watching. And they had to walk up. And that was the first thing. They had to pull the name out, kind of get them nervous. Then I take them in the room if they get me. And we start with the T. Oh, yes. Right? And you then we go the through tea. the questions. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's it. Sometimes I'm tired. You know, we were all out all night. Me and the gang were out, you know, kind of cow tipping or whatever the fun things we would be up to. And, uh, and, you know, other times uh, I just, they could never say it right. And I would go, you know, I was just itching to uh, let it flow and we'd get in there and we'd take them apart, you know. Itching to give them a stitching, they would say. I always like to try and be entertaining in my inquisitions. So I think that was a factor, too. It was never a dull moment. With old Taki, can as you they tell, would say. Can you give us an example of like a fun thing that you would do while you were? Well, not oh. fun. Fun for me. Not fun for. Not fun for everyone. Me. Oh, because I was. I was going to say, can we do a role play? Uh, can- I don't think we want to. Though. Oh no! Now, now, right? now I don't. I, don't I wanted. To, I thought this was going to be like a fun thing. Like it would be cute, but you're saying like, that it would be like fun it, for the inquisitors. It, it but- was pretty bad. And if uh. I'm being, if full disclosure, I didn't even really enjoy it. I mean, we it got really. Really sick. Now, I mean, I, oh, I hate no. to ask for an example, but do you have an example of like a, a, a quote unquote funny thing that you would do while you were torturing someone that you sure. were so, inquisiting? Okay, okay, so without getting too graphic, here's one that I, this got me every time. So we had this thing called the halo, okay? And it was pretty much what it sounds like. It was a big iron ring with screws through it. Mm-hmm. And you'd put it over someone's head like a crown and then you'd screw in the screws into their skull. Okay. Ouch, right? I mean, yeah. that's no fun. In and of itself. Ouch. So yeah. right off the bat, you've got their attention. Yeah. Now, eventually, you would do horrible things that absolutely broke their body. And I won't get into it because some people may have just eaten and it's, it's, it's really, really bad. Okay. But before we got there, one of the fun things I would like to do is there was always a bunch of big rusty hooks hanging from chains around. It was just kind just of that. Always? Yes, it oh. was. A, you know, have you seen Saw? It was a lot like oh, there was. It yeah. was really nuts. I mean, mm. I don't know who dreamed this up. I, I certainly couldn't have conceived of it. I just walked into it, you understand, mm-hmm. and I yes. made sense of it. I was like, oh, I see what's, what we're going for here. But <laughs> I would take the, the hook and I would hang them by the halo from the hook. Wow. 
double ouch, right? Oh, I mean, that yeah. really hurts. So oh. they are uncomfortable mm-hmm. and they start to squirm around. Ow, ow, get it off. Please stop. I confess. Whatever they're mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. And as they twitch around, they do a kind of a little mambo number five. And oh. it's hilarious. Oh, a I don't know how to. Monica in my life. Well, see, <laughs> yeah. there you go. There we go. There you go. Uh-huh. And we didn't have that song at the time, but we had similar ditties. And so everybody was sort of clapping. Ah, da, 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 da. Uh, and, you know, we, we had some fun before things got really nasty. Uh-huh. And people excuse me. We're, we're going to leave you to it from here. And I say, yeah, I got it. We're All right. Wow. So, so, yeah, putting them on the hook. Uncomfortable. Put them on the hook. That that's was a fun exactly thing. where it comes from. Oh. Putting him on, you're on the hook for it. Oh. <laughs> that, that came from that. I didn't coin that myself. I forget oh, the name of that. It was an annoying little son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Someone that you worked with. Let's but go. yes, but. And they had the hook in, in vaudeville as well. You'd yes. get the hook. If you weren't yes. good, you they were would not, give you the hook. Yes. And then sometimes they'd play that they were confused about it. And then they'd take the hook away because that was very funny. Because that's always fun <laughs> to always act funny. like you're confused always like that. Wow, that's incredible. That, that There's a straight line between that hook that they use in vaudeville, exactly. that Ginger Rogers, that's her world, came oh, from the Torquemada world. It sounds barbaric. It was entertaining. I believe it. I 100%. That's entertainment. We have a gallows humor when you're, you know, in a bad situation like that. Literally. Let's, let's go back to uh, Ginger Rogers here for just a moment. So, you did. You, you ended up doing nine black and white films with Fred Astaire, uh-huh. uh, but then you decide to break apart and you start doing other projects. Yes. And a lot has been written about why that happened. Some people say oh. you weren't making as much money in the box office. Yes. There was a pay dispute because you were getting a lot less than I Fred was. Astaire. Yes. But can you tell us, like, once and for all, like, like, is there like one big reason why you and uh, Freddie? Astaire decided to take a break after those nine original black and white films together. Oh, goodness. Well, uh, all the things that you mentioned are true. Yes, I always got paid less. Uh, He got a lot more attention than I did. Mm. Um, But also, you know what? Around the craft services table, he was a real asshole. And I could not take it anymore. He was always taking the snacks that I had requested. Yes, he was constantly taking my unsalted cashews. (laughs) And I said, Freddie... No way, I'm not going to do this again. Also, he would he would leave. We shared a trailer, uh, mm-hmm. a dressing room trailer, and he left it a mess. He was never cleaning mm. up after himself. It was the little things that was really got me about Freddie Astaire. So, that like, would drive me nuts. Oh, my gosh, that yes. That sound a little annoying, yeah. It, yes, it, it, yes, it was nuts. It was, a, it was about nuts, you, and... You, you two were huge celebrities. Like, couldn't oh. they have just gotten more nuts, sure. given you separate trailers, that sort of thing? Well, when then the head of MGM, he said, okay, I'm going to come in. I'm going to do something about this. He came in, got us separate trailers. But Freddie still would come into my trailer and just, ah. Uh, and also, he was a whiner. He was he was just, he would complain oh, a lot. no one loves me. Oh. Nobody likes me. He could never find love or anything. And I said, People oh. said that about Fred Astaire? He, he, he said that he couldn't find love? He did all the time. That's so weird. I know that he was married. You know, this one woman for like I mean, almost all of his life. I mean, like finally, finally <laughs> found someone. But he was he was a whiner. He was messy. He was a slob. He was a sweat hog. Mm-hmm. And it was just I I can't even take it. Also, his breath. His breath was horrible. Really? Um, yes. It, it, same thing as Clark Gable. It, it would, you'd open up your, their mouths, and it was like uh, it was like an elephant's graveyard in there. Like the <laughs> like what I, I'm sure the Lion King one that would smell like. But that's what it was like. That is vivid. Yes. Wow. That's I mean, it's so different than the than what we imagine Ugh. looking at yeah. this well coiffed and perfect hair. Exactly. Know. And I think that's what also made me want to stop because he was putting on such an act of such and I said, well, You don't really know the real Freddie Astaire. Mm. And so you I You wanted said, more people to see this. The real and uh, yes. Did and, you ever try to um unmask him the way that like they unmasked the woman at the end of the sa- um, a singing in the rain. You know how they like open the curtain and oh, there was like another right. woman the back big there. Reveal. Did you ever like try to show everybody like he he's a slob, his breath stinks, he's always in, he sweats like crazy, he's messy, he steals my nuts. Oh, I did try, I did try, but you know the the press department of mm-hmm. the studio system they really swept it under the rug. Oh, the I, PR I tried and I and I had a few ears of some of the gossips in um in town. Ooh, who were the gossips back then? Oh, um, uh. uh Oh, Jimmy Castor and um, and Paulina uh, Frederick. Paulina Frederick. Paulina Frederick. Uh, I had some of their ears, and I, and uh, they they tried to print it, and the studio system put it down. And mm. uh, I was. They were so powerful back oh, then. They were so powerful. They really. Yeah. 
I'm sure like the Catholic Church, like they 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 could stop what they wanted to stop. So a yeah. lot of similarities. Exactly. Like. Yeah. And being a woman in Hollywood at the time, oh. we, we didn't have any power to. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It's, it's, it's very similar now. The more oh, things hashtag change, me more- too. It was I, I couldn't. <laughs> Uh, and it, it, it was horrible. And I said, I have to go out on my own. I have to make uh, Ginger Rogers is is doing it for herself. Mm. I mean, that's very brave of you, especially back at the time. Oh, you thank know? you. I think it means a lot that you stood up for yourself and were like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to be my own celebrity. No more Ginger of Fred and Ginger. Exactly. And, and it was always like Fred came first and then Ginger. But yeah. I said, I'm doing it backwards and heels. You know what I would have done? I would have I called them Ginger and Fred movies if I was alive <gasps> back you. then. Thank I you, think Jared. that sounds better anyway. Ginger and Fred movies. Oh, not old men. Thank you, Jared. <laughs> ginger and Fred. I mean, it, there's a refreshing, just Ginger is such a bright. Oh, it rolls off the tongue. Right. Inviting name right there at the front. You put it at the front. You lead with that. Can can lead you, with it. Can I ask you, uh, Torquemada? So I was reading about some of the punishments uh, that you would get if you were found guilty of being a heretic. Um, and uh, one of them was that you would force people to wear a San Benito. Am I pronouncing that correct? Yes. A San Benito. What exactly was a San Benito? Well, it was, have you ever seen a, um, have you ever seen uh, The Three Amigos? I have seen The Three Amigos. Yeah, I love that so movie. so there's sort of a, a Me- Mexicano Pancho. Okay. Yes, that sort of a thing. But it would have an interesting uh, design on it. Mm-hmm. And it sort of depended on who had made it. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you got a very beautifully wrought like flames of hell. Oh, okay. Or, you know, some people were a little more on the nose with it, like a scarlet A you know, for adulterer, or, you know, whatever. Like people had their different acts to grind figuratively and literally as it turned okay. out. Uh, but, but basically with a big poncho you had to wear around that let people know what you had done. Okay. And, uh, you know, sometimes they were covered in little fire ants that really just to make it oh, irritating. The, the fire ants would, like, or, make it painful. Yes. I mean, yeah. they, you know, it wasn't supposed to be a fun, like, look at me. I'm wearing... It was supposed to be like, oh, I was going to say, this. it doesn't sound like a big deal. Like, we we found you guilty of being a heretic. Now you have to just wear this. Well, that wasn't the end of it. I mean, that was just you had to wear that around for a while, let people know, mm-hmm. advertise it. And then, we, you know, and then we do horrible things to you. Oh, yeah. Oh. Interesting. I'm wondering, like, what the point, though... It's like like everything else seems more effective than the San Benito. Everything else seems more. Jared, yeah, there wasn't a lot <laughs> to do back then. You, right. you know, you, you you had to milk a thing out. Like you don't just find a guy. Oh, you it's over. Like mm-hmm. you're just then. What are you going to do with the rest of the week? Right. So you 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 had to figure out a way to draw it out and really let other people know that they didn't want to do it. Mm. You know, and okay, I understand. You know, you, you, you got to make it fun. You got to make, you it, gotta make it different. You got to make it unique. You got to put your own personal stamp on. Things. Yes. Okay. okay that you got to do it your way. You like McDonald's do says, <laughs> do it your way. Just just like McDonald's. Or Sinatra. Says. Sinatra said yeah. I did it my way. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, unfortunately, we only have time for one more question. Oh, um, no. So Ginger Rogers. So uh, you did a number of movies. You, were, you won an Academy Award. And then in 1949, you reunited with Fred Astaire <gasps> yes. uh, for your 10th and final movie together, The Barclays of Broadway. Oh, yes. And so was that, uh, first of all, like we've heard all these negative things that you've said about Fred Astaire. Oh, yes. You yes. know, and uh, how much you disliked each other and how he really graded on you yes. uh, over the first nine movies. Um, how, how did that feel doing that reunion? Like, was that something you dreaded or were you excited about it? Well, the only reason why I did it, Jarrett, was money, of course. Uh, oh. The whole cold hard cash. Uh, money, that's what I want. And I uh, I said, well, okay, this is how much I want. I want to get as much as, as old Freddie. And I did it. And you know what? Freddie was apologetic. And he really took back a lot of things. Oh, and came around. And... Um, and of course, a big help on it was the the Barclays of Broadway. Mm-hmm. Big help, of course, Charles Barkley on wait, the set, wait, mediating sorry. between us. And it was I'm sorry, what? You're not not Charles Barkley, the basketball Charles player. Charles Barkley. That's Charles Barkley, right. the basketball player, was, was there on set. Yes, yes. I have the to Barclays ask, of Broadway. I have to ask: Was he wearing a trench coat? Yes. Was he? He was on yes. top of another. He child? was on top of another child. Oh my! On top God. of another child it was Charles Barkley. That makes uh, so much but sense. It was even. He was so tall. Uh, even then, on top of this other little boy. It's like, why is this boy even here? You're so yes. you're tall enough. Exactly. Oh, and so and weird. he said, "This movie's named after me." <laughs> and it was the Barclays of Broadway. And said, "Oh, thank you, Charlie." Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm and, glad that uh, Mr. Astaire found the uh, error of his ways, and I'm glad that I'm glad to learn the the origin of all these incredible people: oh. Charles Barkley and Alfred Orson Hitchcock Wells. and Orson Welles. I know. I really am curious about what happened to the bottom children the bottom and all children. these scenarios. Oh, I, they went on to be boom operators, I'm sure, or something. <laughs> 
Well, unfortunately, we don't have time to get into that. Uh, oh. That is all for this week's episode of Famous Dead People. I like to thank my guests, Ginger Rogers and Torquemada, no for joining me in the studio today. I do have one final question. I like to end by asking my guests if they have any Twitter accounts or comedy shows that they want to recommend to people. I know it's a weird question, but uh, uh, Ginger Rogers, anything you want to tell people about? Oh, gosh. About? Well, whenever I'm on Twitter, uh, I always like to follow at Gray Megan, G-R-A-Y-M-E-G-A-N. Uh, and uh, also, I, I'm a big fan of improv comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always love to see Junior Varsity Thursdays at 8 o'clock at the Magnet Theater. That's a great show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, any, anything you want to plug, Torquemada? Yes, I think podcast listeners out there should check out the new Story Pirates podcast. Story Pirates podcast. Yes, it's for children, and it's uh, just a light palate cleanser, and it's silly, and it's fun. I heard it's on Gimlet. Uh, I'm um, I'm Jared Berenstein. You can check out all my stuff at jaredberenstein.com. You should go out and buy my book, The Killian Conway Technique. It is out now. Please check out the podcast, Famous Dead People. Rate it, subscribe, etc. If you have any questions you'd like to ask your favorite dead person, please email it to us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org, and we will try to have them on as soon as we can. We are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People.